Hello, and welcome to the Self Project Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Martin, and I'm a life mindset and human design mentor who is all about helping you heal and rediscover your authentic self so you can go out and do some really epic stuff. So this podcast is going to be all about spirituality, self-empowerment, self-discovery, wellness, healing, parenting, sobriety, mental health, you name it, we're going to talk about it. This is all about helping you along in your own self-project journey. So go ahead and let's sit back and dive right in. Welcome back to the show today, and I am so excited to have Christy Rich on the show with us today, another Christy. She is an advocate for holistic health and wellness and female empowerment. She's an avid researcher, a holistic healer, medium speaker, and a writer. And I am just so grateful that she agreed to come on and just share more of her knowledge and her story and um, her gifts with us today. So if you didn't mind, Christy, would you just, um, just share more about yourself with us. Tell us more about you and kind of more of your story that led you where you are today. Sure. So I have many stories, um, but I'll start with my main story. So I had a debilitating chronic illness for 15 years. And unfortunately, it was misdiagnosed. I went to doctor upon doctor. Um, At first, they just labeled me as being depressed, and then stressed. And then finally, I kept on going back again and again, because I wanted to feel well, I'd been healthy all of my life. And then they labeled me as a hypochondriac. (laughs) So I couldn't believe it. I was, you know, being proactive about my health. I was going to the best doctors in Connecticut and New York City, and everybody was dumbfounded. All of my blood results came out fine. They couldn't find anything wrong but I had debilitating symptoms, which just grew and escalated and didn't improve. So to make a long story short, you know, I really struggled for a long time. I tried Western medicine. They weren't able to help me. Then for the first time in my life, I got into alternative health and wellness. And I went to an acupuncturist and I was so interested to hear from the Eastern perspective, the Eastern philosophy, what they thought was going on with my body. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, the person who I went to, he just thought I was stressed. Okay, he wasn't uh, the traditional Chinese acupuncturist, he was an acupuncturist, but he heard about my life, he heard about my symptoms, and he just said, Oh, you're stressed, you just need to have more fun. (laughs) So something hard to say to somebody when they're so fatigued, they can't do anything, just have more fun. Um, So again, to make a long story short, I realized very early on that I had to become my own health advocate, and that I had to do my own research and really get to the root cause. I always believe that there was a root cause or reason for my illness, because again, I was healthy all of my life. I never got sick. The only time I remember as a child getting sick was when I was in the seventh grade and I got the chicken pox, okay? But other than that, I went to school every day. I was a good student. I was eager to learn. And suddenly I was sick with this debilitating illness. 
So to make a long story short, I got into healing. I became a healer. I started to study Reiki. I started to uh, study Russian shamanism, which again, I never had imagined, but I just opened up my mind to try everything to get well. And, uh, just learn so much. It was a beautiful process and it was also very inspirational. So I became a healer, but I was still sick. And then finally, at the end of 15 years, after they had given me a diagnosis, they had finally given me a diagnosis of fibromyalgia. And then my doctor said, I'm sorry, there's no cure. You're just going to have to accept it. I've given you everything that I could possibly offer you. You've been to the acupuncturist. You've done a lot. You just have to now accept it. This is your fate. You're going to be in pain for the rest of your life. You are not going to be able to work. You're going to have to depend on others. You're going to have to marry a man who will take care of you, who will be rich enough to provide for all of your needs, and you cannot handle stress. You're going to have to move away to an island and just, I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> are you kidding me? This was the doctor with the best bedside manner telling me to just give up on my health and to just hope that I will find a man who will love me even though I'm sick and will take care of me for the rest of my life. So I said, no, <laughs> I'm a strong woman. I believe in female empowerment. There is a root cause. There's a reason I wasn't always sick. I will find it out. I will discover it. So I did find a doctor who was willing to do further testing to go deeper. I came in with a document of all of my symptoms, how they escalated all the different tests that I had, blood results, everything. And I said, please help me, please do further testing. And he said, wow, Christy, you know, this is very detailed and I believe you. I believe that you have these symptoms. I believe that there's something going wrong that doctors haven't figured out and we're gonna get to the bottom of this. I said, thank you. <laughs> so he did further testing and he found out the root cause. He was the first one after 15 years. And the root cause was that I had extremely high levels of heavy metals in my blood off the charts. So both lead and mercury, the highest he'd ever seen. And he said, you know, Christy, I got to be honest with you. Anybody who has these levels, they should have brain damage. They should be paralyzed. They should not be able to function. And here you are. It's, it's a miracle that you are as healthy as you are, even though I know you're very sick. And he said, this, this is not my specialty. I'm not a toxicologist. You're going to have to go to a toxicologist in New York City. And it's probably going to be uh, weekly treatments for at least a year because your levels are so high. And uh, that's what you need to do. And so, Christy, I went out of that appointment with both mixture of feelings of relief, like finally I had a diagnosis, finally somebody believed me, but also deep confusion, like how did this happen to me and how did no other doctor pick this up and do further testing to discover it earlier? So... Being proactive again, I did some research. I went on to Google and I was looking into heavy metals. I was looking at the side effects. I was looking into this treatment that he recommended, which was called chelation therapy. And so for those who are listening, who are not familiar with chelation therapy, chelation therapy is um, some substances, some chemicals that they put intravenously into the bloodstream and it pulls out everything. So it pulls out all your minerals, all your vitamins, and it chelates, it attaches the heavy metals to it to extract it out of the body. Okay. So that's the only way 
that Western medicine has for treating heavy metals. It does, natural, it does not naturally in time just disappear. It doesn't pass through urine. It doesn't leave any other way through sweat, et cetera. It only passes through this treatment they have called chelation therapy. But I did further research and I found out it is a very controversial and dangerous treatment. So the results are that the person can develop worse symptoms of, again, kind of similar to what my doctor had said I should have had, brain damage, paralysis, and even possibly death. So the treatment that they were recommending for me after being sick for 15 years could possibly kill me. And I said, no, thank you. <laughs> I said, that's not in the cards for me. I've been fighting all this time for my health. I am going to get better. I'm so grateful to have the root cause. Now let's treat it. So that's when I got to really understand that food can be healing, that herbs and natural remedies can be healing. And I found out that there were natural remedies for extracting heavy metals. So I started to implement those in my diet and I told myself, Christy, you're gonna be well in one month. And so I gave myself this deadline. I said, you've been sick long enough. You're gonna get well in one month. So I was very positive. Okay, I've always been a very positive person, but when you're sick, it can be difficult. But I said, Christy, you're gonna be well in one month. And I started meditating for the first time ever, 20 minutes a day, twice a day. I learned how to do it and I did it every day religiously. I knew I had to kind of move my body. So I had two dogs and I took them up and down my little cul-de-sac, even though I was very fatigued. At this point, my muscles had atrophied. I really had no muscle tone. I had no strength, no stamina. And I took this, these foods and these supplements every day. So I made a, a shake and I put chlorella in there. So chlorella is naturally chelating. And then I also made this um, sauce with cilantro. So cilantro is also naturally chelating. And so I took both of these every single day and they were testing my blood because the levels were so high, again, off the charts, higher than they'd ever seen any other patient. I was even um, uh, written down as a statistic with the um, state of Connecticut as having been exposed to environmental hazard of heavy metals. So I am now part of the statistics uh, in Connecticut. And um, you know, they were so concerned that they were testing my blood every three to four days to see if the levels were still going up because I couldn't understand what was causing it. And so during this time when they were extracting the blood, the levels started to go down. And so then by the end of the month, they tested my blood and it was zero, absolutely zero, no more heavy metals. And this was the highest they had seen. And this was you know, a, a miracle to them. They didn't understand it because I had used natural remedies when they said it would take at least a year, if not longer, of chelation therapy weekly, which again could have caused disastrous results, was very painful and was very costly. And I did it very inexpensively without any side effects. So that's my story of how I healed myself. And then from there, I decided I was going to empower other women and I was going to help them to overcome their chronic illnesses and to know that they could get better. Even if the doctor said, I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do. There's no cure. There's always something you can do to improve your health. Mm, that's incredible. I absolutely love hearing these, um, just these stories about 
you know, a time that somebody was told that they couldn't do something or that something was going to be a certain way. And then you said, no, I refuse to accept that. I will find another way. And then, and then here we are. Absolutely incredible. So, um, a long time ago, way back in another lifetime, I used to be a nurse. So when you spoke about fibromyalgia, I thought, yes, fibromyalgia is, is very common, but the, um, you know, the thing I noticed about it is that's kind of what we label. We, we put a label on when they can't figure anything else out. Like you said, when they, you know, when they've said, well, we've, we've looked into everything, we can't figure it out. You have fibromyalgia. That's a lot of times what I felt like it was, was almost, I hate to use this term, but almost like a dumping ground diagnosis for like, well, we're, you know, we don't know what else to do kind of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, like in your case, your intuition led you to keep fighting for answers. You're like, no, this isn't it. Like, this isn't, I refuse to accept this. There's, there's somewhere else. And your intuition led you there. And and these are the stories that I just love when you just listen to yourself and your body and, you know, maybe you don't even understand, like, you know, I'm sure it sounded crazy to people. Why are you going to try to heal this on your own? And you're not going to take the medicine. I've heard that, you know, before. Why would you, you know, not do the Western approach to the medicine, the science? Um, yeah. And I'm also very sensitive to medicine. So of course they did try to get me on lots of different medications. And because I had so many symptoms, it was all compartmentalized. So it was, okay, here, take this for your acid reflux here, take this for your migraine here, take this for to sleep. But it wasn't like, let's look at the whole body. Let's look at how all the symptoms are working how all the organs are working together. So, you know, I said no, because I, I'm very sensitive to medication and I get more side effects. And again, I really believe that there was a root cause and a reason. And I wanted to get to the bottom of that instead of suppress my symptoms. Wow. So I would kind of love to talk, um, just touch a little bit more on heavy metals. How do you know how you ended up getting such high levels? They never could like identify a source what happened. No, no, I have no idea. But heavy metals are a lot more common than people expect. So I really believe that our environments are not as safe as we believe them to be. So heavy metals can be in our drinking water. So it can be in your tap water. Lead is in a lot of tap water. And a lot of people do not research to see if it's in there. And I just researched, you know, coming back to Connecticut, I was living in California for five years. And the town where I live, it does have lead in some of the water. So I could have got it from being in Connecticut, but I was also living in uh, London when I started to get sick. And again, their drinking water is... uh, not perfect either. So I could have picked up the lead from there. Um, mercury, you know, is in um, amalgam fillings. So I did have some fillings. And I remember um, at one point uh, having it changed over because now they no longer use the silver, they use the opaque. So it may have been through the transfer that I swallowed some by mistake, but I have no idea. So there's really no way for me to know and for me to research and to find out, but I just know I got really sick and I know that they confirmed that it was heavy metals. Wow. And you just sharing that made me realize like, you know, how many, how many environmental factors are around us? How many things are we ingesting, taking in that maybe we don't even realize contain these, these heavy metals. Like you said, we, we generally assume that 
you know, drinking water, you know, well, I'm just drinking water. That should be safe for me. Right. I know in our area, they actually require us to have filters because we have such high levels of, um, I can't remember exactly what it is. I think it's like nitrates and mercury. And so mm. we have to have filters for our water system. So, um, but also people should know that most filters do not filter out heavy metals. So they may filter out other things, but not heavy metals. Mm, see, and that's even important to know. So do you recommend like testing? Do they have like testing kits and things like that, that you can? Well, there is a website called Environmental uh, Workers Group, EWG. And you can go on there if you are American and you can put in your zip code to see how safe your water is. So that's a great resource. Unfortunately, they don't offer that for other countries. So if you're traveling overseas, you won't be able to do that. But I recommend everybody go on there. It's free. It's EWG. Um, I don't know. It may be www.ewg.org. It's very easy, but definitely look it up. Oh, wow. I feel like that's just been incredibly insightful because this is um, not something you really think about. So um, what I would love to dive into, though, is how... Um, you know, you said that you use different food and herbs and different natural remedies. So how did you come across all this information? Like, where did you kind of start at? Google, everything's online. That's it. And that's what people don't realize is everyone wants to get the answers from their doctors. They say, oh, you've been in school for many years. You have this prestige. You have this honor of being a doctor. You must know it all. But doctors are not trained to study herbs and supplements and vitamins. They're they're trained to study the anatomy. They're trained to study about different illnesses and to prescribe medication. So just simply by doing a Google search, I was able to find this in no time. You know, as I said, I am an avid researcher. So throughout my whole illness, I was doing research. I was looking into vitamins and how they help the body. I was looking into how the different organs work and the different functions. I was looking into different supplements, different healing modalities. So for the whole time, I was really trying to get better. I was very proactive. I was not just waiting for the doctors to tell me what to do. I was like, I need to get well now. This is my body. This is my life. I feel like it's been on hold. I feel like I can't get back to work. I can't get back to socializing. I couldn't date during that time. So simply just do a Google search. You'll be amazed what you will find. But I'll even let you know that, again, many doctors are skeptical, as I mentioned, of the natural remedies, but even skeptical of patients doing the work researching, that they can actually find out information. And this is a little bit alarming, but two years before I was diagnosed with heavy metals, I actually did go to my primary care physician and I said, I've done all this research. My symptoms look like I have heavy metals. And can you do further testing to see if I have heavy metals? And I took out all these, again, papers and documents, all this research with me to my doctor's appointment to show him that it was showing I have the same symptoms as heavy metals. And he said, I really hate when patients do this. I really hate when patients act like they are doctors and they know it all and they can find everything online doing research. You know what? Did you... um, were you working at a factory that had heavy metals? And I said, no. He said, were you chewing on mercury thermometers? And I said, no. He said, then there's no way you could have heavy metals. And he threw the papers at me. 
okay, and left the room. And that's how doctors don't realize that there is information that we can find. Yes, there are some people who are hypochondriacs. Okay, I was not a hypochondriac. I was proactive. There are some people who think every little symptom means something and they get really scared and they blow it out of proportion. Okay, so that is something to take into consideration. But you can find a lot of good information just by doing a Google search and being intuitive. <laughs> I 100% agree. I really love that you brought that up because um, I was going to bring that up if you hadn't that, you know, working, working in that situation, I worked in the emergency room and, you know, we would of course have our, you know, patients, we called them frequent flyers is what we called them that, you know, would come in for the various things. And of course they were, you know, diagnosed with, oh, it's fibromyalgia kind of thing. And um, that, that would be, like one of the complaints that the doctors would have, people would come in and be like, well, I Googled my symptoms and I might have like this going on. And, and, you know, doctors were like, well, did you go to medical school? And I hate when people Google their symptoms. And there was that whole, like, you know, there's that whole stigma out there about that whole, well, you know, patients Googling their symptoms, you know, kind of thing. But I think that it's so powerful because you, like you said, the, the doctors are people too. Yes, they have a lot of knowledge. They've had a lot of schooling. They know a lot about anatomy. They know a lot about physiology and how the, the physical body works. But, um, you know, most doctors aren't, you know, and, and no matter what you believe, we're starting to see this now and science is starting to show that there's, there's a whole energetic component to, you know, life as well, you know, not only just like the physical matter, what we can see, what we deal with, with what I say, like the doctors deal with the physical, you know, but there's this whole energetic system that we have that we're just only beginning to like scrape the, the surface of, um, that, that they, you know, may not have any understanding of, they have, you know, the science portion of it, like we said, the physical, but then there's this this whole other this whole other like realm it feels like this whole other side to it. Oh, exactly. Yes. Yeah. So it's mind, body, and spirit. That is health. So a lot of Western doctors, they believe in the physical body and the physical symptoms, and then to diagnose it into an illness. But that's only a portion. If you believe in holistic health and wellness, which is what I do, it's mind, body, and spirit. So if you believe that, then the body is only one of three components. You're missing out two other very important components, the mind and the spirit. And so that is something that Western medicine is never going to incorporate. And that's something that's very important to miss that part of the picture, okay? So I think you said a lot of very important things is that one, you know, doctors are human, but also doctors have this ego. A lot of doctors have egos. Okay. And it's very important for people to know that yes, they're a doctor, but that doesn't mean they're perfect. That doesn't mean they have all the answers. They went to school. They learned a lot. They can help a lot in so many different ways to help improve our health, but for, for them not to take into consideration how we feel. Okay. Somebody really coming in and suffering and struggling and suffering for months and years and not to realize that this is, you know, affecting them emotionally. And also, this is like a real problem that's not being taken seriously. So this is something I really believe that we need to improve in our system is that doctors need to have more empathy. 
they really need to feel for their patients, not to quickly diagnose something or write a prescription, but to really have empathy for what they're going through. And if they don't have the reason, if they don't understand the root cause, if they don't have the you know, cause of fibromyalgia or whatever it is that they have, there needs to be more research done instead of just dismissing it like, oh, there's no cause, just deal with it. There's no reason. It's just, we have no idea. It's just one of those things. It's not one of those things. I believe there's a root cause to everything. And if you don't know the reason, then do the research. But doctors don't have time to do the research. But one other thing I want to mention, I believe is very important that this is something I discovered from being sick for 15 years. And this is something I never imagined before is that women are being treated differently by the medical system than men. And this is something very, very important. And this is something I've started to talk about and other women with chronic illness have said the same thing. Yes, absolutely. I'm so glad you brought this up. And so when I was healthy, again, up until that point when I started to get sick, I was healthy all of my life. I went to doctors, the same doctors who I went to later on when I was sick. And, you know, they treated me fine. They were okay. But I always realized they treated my father better. My father would get very, very sick every Christmas time. And he would get so sick that, you know, he couldn't keep any food down. He was horribly sick. And the doctor would actually come to the house and make house calls to check on my father to make sure he was okay. And that was the only time my dad would get sick, only around that time because he'd been putting so much pressure on himself and he just kind of burnt himself out. His body was saying, this is the only way you will stop. I will do this. So you will just relax around the holidays. And uh, the same doctor, when I would go in before I got sick and I would have a fever and it wasn't like high enough for him when I went in, he'd be like, oh, that's no fever. That's, that's nothing. And I'm like, but that's a fever for me. Even though that's not a high fever for somebody else, that's a fever for me. So I realized he kind of wasn't treating me the same way. But then when I got the chronic illness, he treated me horribly. He had no respect for me. He just dismissed it. He really acted like I was a hypochondriac. I didn't know what I was talking about. This was the same doctor throwing the documents at me who would make house calls from my father every year. And so this is something that uh, needs to be addressed because, yes, it is true. Women are very empathic. They are very sensitive. We do have emotions, but just because we have emotions doesn't mean we shouldn't be taken seriously. Okay. We do have physical pain if we say we have physical pain. Okay. And women can take a lot of pain. I mean, they could go through childbirth, but um, <laughs> so we are not weak, but uh, it's very unfortunate this is happening and it really needs to be brought to light how there is this difference that doctors will treat men and women. Wow. That's incredible. I feel like I just had a light bulb moment because I've never realized that bias before, you know, I've never really thought about it. And, um, I'm just thinking of my own experiences. Um, you know, I've suffered with some anxiety related problems before that have sent me to, you know, the doctor and I always come at it from a very, uh, kind of analytical way. So I'll sit down with the doctor and be like, this is what's happening, this, 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 and like, there's no emotion in it. And generally they're very accepting of it because it was very analytical and it was very, kind of data driven and very um, non-emotion. So I'm just kind of correlating my own experiences of how I approach doctor's appointments because I want to 
I feel that need, like I want to be taken seriously. So I don't want them to brush me off. So I'm coming at them with data and numbers and analytics and a very masculine approach. So that's, that's really interesting. I feel like I have some processing. (laughs) Yes, yes, of course. And there are some illnesses that women tend to get more than men. And a lot of these illnesses, such as fibromyalgia, but there's others, lupus, et cetera, that don't have a, a, a cure and don't have a known cause um, that doctors, again, don't take seriously. They don't say, oh gosh, there's an epidemic of this going on. We need to figure this out. We need to help women. It's just like, oh, there's just no cure. Just deal with it here. Maybe take this medication. But if I tell you, if it was a man, if it was an epidemic with men going through these same illnesses, I'm sure that they would have come up with some solutions quicker. And they would have been like, wow, you're really suffering with this pain and you can't work right now. We've got to do something about this you know? (laughs) Wow. Wow. Christy, I feel like, um, yeah. And like, I feel like I have some things to process after that. And that's what I absolutely love about this is because, um, you know, if I'm picking up these, these just moments of like, wow, I've never thought about that. And then I can hope that our audience is doing the same thing, like, whoa, and they can shine a light on where they've seen that in their own life, or they've experienced that, or, you know, how that plays out for them. So this is incredible. Thank you for educating us today. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. And if I can transition, then if I may, um, I am writing a book currently. So I'm writing a book. It's my first book. It's a book about childbirth around the world. It's actually going to be a series. I'm super excited about it. And so there are a lot of important um, issues that I will be bringing up in the book. Um, To give a little backstory, I never imagined writing this book. I never had the intention to write a book on this topic. But again, I followed my intuition. I felt that I had a calling, that there was a, a deep need for this book. So just to go briefly into the story and why this book is so important is that I had um, a coffee with a friend and she was pregnant at the time, expecting her first child. And she was sharing a little bit about the backstory of what she was going through. And I was just so amazed because I'd never heard anybody talk about the things that she was talking about. And it made me go, wow, I had no idea this was happening. And then it made me want to do some research to see if this was a bigger issue that more women were experiencing, but just not openly discussing it, kind of afraid the whole shame kind of thing. So I started to do some research and it just opened up this big box for me. Like all of a sudden it's like, whoa, I had no idea what was in there. And I realized one, that there is this divide among women on the subject of childbirth, that this is the time of female empowerment, that women are speaking up about their voices. They are getting into their power. Okay. Women have been suppressed for you know, hundreds of years, but now it truly is the time of female empowerment. We saw that with the Me Too movement. We've seen that with a lot of things happening in the news, but I realize that there is this unspoken divide that once you start to talk about childbirth, you see that there's two different sides and women are either on the side of natural childbirth or they're on the side of, you know, medicated birth or C-section or whatever, and they're not able to see the whole story. Again, the whole story, the whole picture of what one specific woman goes through, they have their preconceived ideas, and this is causing arguments among women. And I had no idea this was happening before I started my book. So I just assumed that, 
you know, writing this book and gathering all this information. I interviewed over 65 mothers and uh, childbirth experts around the world. I've been very busy. <laughs> and I wanted to capture the true stories, the candid stories. And that's what I did. So I captured the story from exact time they found out they were pregnant so conception the whole pregnancy how they felt emotionally and physically the actual birth experience and then postpartum so again being a holistic healer it was very important for me to know the whole journey not just the labor so most books just concentrate on the labor experience or they concentrate on natural versus uh, medicated birth or they have home births they have a very specific um focus. But for me, I just opened it up to anybody who wanted to share their story and to hear the whole story. And uh, I, I realized a lot that one, I had no idea that women had so much shame around childbirth, that again, women had certain experiences and they felt so afraid of being criticized and judged by other women, not by men, not by doctors, but other women. And women have started to speak up about certain things that happened and have had this opposition and they felt shamed and then they felt they couldn't express themselves. And I was just horrified to hear this as an empath because I'm very, very sensitive and also as a healer to realize that, you know, again, I'm trying to help empower women at this time, but there is this topic that is dividing women and there's a lot of misunderstanding. They're not open to hearing the full conversation. So then I decided to write this book and to create it as a series because I interviewed so many women, so many great stories, so many amazing topics came up and so many issues that are not being talked about. I mean, it'll blow your mind. But also it's very important to again, see how women are being treated during childbirth. And for many women, it's a disempowering experience. So again, this goes back to health and how this affects women. So it's going to be a very, very amazing, <laughs> inspirational, empowering book series. So I'm really excited about it. Oh my gosh, that sounds so incredible. Um, you know, as somebody myself who's gone through five childbirths. I feel oh, like, congratulations. Yeah, like, I feel like I can really, you know, resonate with that because, um, you know, every, every woman has, every mother has a birth story, you know. Yes. Everybody has that, that special component to it. So what I love here is I see that, that you are collecting surveys, right? If somebody did want to kind of provide information or share about their story, is that correct? Yes. Yes. So I'm still in the process of writing book one right now. And most of the book is about the actual stories, but at the end of book one, I will be sharing statistics. I will be sharing current unbiased statistics. And in order to do that, I need your help. So if you're a mother, if you have given birth to your own child, uh, this is for mothers who have given birth, not if you have adopted, but if you have given birth and you would like to fill out a short survey, it'll take you about three minutes. It doesn't matter how you gave birth. It doesn't matter how long ago you gave birth, what age you gave birth. If it was a C-section, if it was a natural birth, if it was a home birth, if it was a medicated birth, it doesn't matter. All birth experiences are valid and it will help my book tremendously. Okay, so it's so important that I get these statistics so I can really see how childbirth is affecting women around the world, emotionally and physically. And uh, so, you can just email me if you're interested. You can send an email to Christy at the Dancing Curtain. So that's Christy, K-H-R-I-S-T-E-E -E, at the Dancing Curtain.com. 
don't forget the the. Um, or you can just go to my website, www.thedancingcurtain.com. And on that homepage, there is a button you can click for the survey. Awesome. One other thing I wanted to mention was that. So if anyone is interested in filling out a survey, you can be anonymous. So don't worry, your name will not be included. Um, you can also, if you like, you can give me your name and email and be entered in for a free drawing, uh, a free healing, excuse me. I will be doing um, a healing, a one-on-one -on -one experience with one lucky winner, one lucky mother. This is a 90-minute virtual healing experience with me. It also includes a reading, so it will be very inspirational and empowering. And so that's $150 value. Okay, so you can fill it out and be anonymous and just help the book. Or if you wish to possibly win a healing with me, you can fill it out and just make sure you include your name and email so I can contact you if you do win. Oh, that's wonderful. I know for sure that I'm going to be reaching out. I would love to be a part of your survey. Like oh, I've, got lots, I've got lots to share. <laughs> oh, thank you. That would be perfect. That'd be wonderful. Yes, yes. Yeah, thank you. So if you are listening, please reach out to Christy. We'll all actually have her email uh, linked up in show notes. So it'll be really easy to just go down. You'll be able to click on it and then just shoot over an email to her really quick so that you can be a part of that as well. What a cool opportunity. So thank you for, um, for sharing that with us. So I would love to know what ways are you um, working with women? Do you work one-to-one? -one? Do you have like different group programs? I'd love to hear more about that. Yes, so I do one-to-one -one work. Um, that is a three-month package. So I go very deep. So my mission is to help empathic women and creatives to feel joyful and to prioritize their dreams, talents, and wellness so that they will live an extraordinary life. So if you are struggling in any way in your life, if you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling like you need some guidance, you need some inspiration, you want to feel more empowered, more confident, you just want to get back into the joyful flow, really embrace your talents and your dreams instead of saying, oh, okay, life is hard right now, nothing's going forward, have to accept it. Again, no, you don't have to accept it. You can live an extraordinary life. You are here on this earth to showcase your gifts, to be your unique self. There's no one else like you. So I can help you to bring all of that out. Um, so that's a beautiful experience that is uh, meeting with me twice a month for three months. Um, right now, currently, I do have a bonus right now. So it just depends on when you're listening to this episode, but I do have a bonus if you sign up soon, then you will also get two NLP sessions included. That's neuro-linguistic programming. So that really helps you to rewire your brain to help you so that you have more positive thoughts and reduce your self-sabotaging, self-limiting thoughts and behaviors. Very, very powerful. And I also do group programs as well. I'll have a new group program starting next month. That will be uh, once a month. You will receive a teaching and a healing. And uh, so that is going to be very informational, very um, empowering to give you tools so you can help yourself to be back into the joyful flow. Um, yeah, and I'm always changing my offers as well. I do have a special service right now for women who have postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety. So that is to help you to get back into your joyful self. I have really learned a lot through doing the research on my book. So I have great understanding, um, unique understanding, also channeled by my guides as to the cause of postpartum depression, which has not been talked about. Uh, so this will really help you to get better 
very quickly. So I'm very, very excited to offer this to anyone who has postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety. Wow, that's incredible. And that's such an important topic. I feel like we could have a whole other episode on just that topic. Um, yeah, such, an, yeah. such important work that you're doing because um, it's an important time that, you know, moms need support. So where are we able to find you at online, Christy? Okay, so you can go to my website, www.thedancingcurtain.com. You can go on social media. I'm on Instagram, www.thedancingcurtain.com instagram.com slash Christy Rich. Again, that's K-H-R-I-S-T-E-E-R-I-C-H. You can find me on Facebook at The Dancing Curtain. So www.facebook.com slash The Dancing Curtain. Uh, You can also find me in a private Facebook group if you are a creative or if you are an empath. So the name of that group is Live an Extraordinary Life and Enjoy. I'm also on Pinterest under my name, Christy Rich. I'm on YouTube at Dancing Curtain. And I think that's it. Awesome. And like, yeah, I think that covers all the major ones. Perfect. Perfect. And you'll get, you'll be able to scroll down if you are listening and get all of those links in the show notes. So you're able to connect right away and um, go see what Christy is up to. So I would love to know as we kind of close out, do you have maybe a final message for us or something you didn't share about that, um, you know, you feel kind of called to share with our audience today? Yeah, I just want to empower everyone to live an extraordinary life and shine. So again, there's only one of you in the world. You are here for a purpose and it's very important for you to embrace your talents and gifts and to shine your beautiful light. Mm, such a great message. Such a great message. I love it. Christy, thank you so, so much for being here today, for sharing with us. It has been a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. It was great. Thank you so much for joining me today for the Self Project Podcast. I hope that you were able to find something useful or inspirational to take away with you today. So come and connect with me over on Instagram. It's at underscore Christy Martin. And let me know what you want to hear more of. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. And I will see you next time.